Welcome to the Technology Trailblazers podcast, where we explore new ways to unlock business potential with unprecedented technological innovation. Hi there, I'm your host, Derek Little, and this is the podcast for companies of all sizes wanting to digitally transform their business with the latest technology. In this interview, I was honored to speak with Fabian Bateglia, CEO of Mobix Labs. His firm is a semiconductor company providing chips and chipsets for infrastructure supporting 5G wireless networks. If you're using the web today, you may sometimes be frustrated by slow speeds. If so, you are likely using what's known as a fourth generation network. 5G is the next generation of wireless technology, and it's revolutionizing how data is transferred around the world. Soon, it will connect virtually everyone and everything at speeds up to 100 times faster. In this interview, Fabian explains what 5G is and how it enables a whole range of new technology, including self-driving cars, IoT, and things you haven't yet imagined. Here's what he had to say. 5G just means it's the next generation from 4G, sequentially, they go in numbers. Uh, Remember 1G, 2G, 3G, when we first got cell phones, and first we were speaking, and then we were texting, and then we were sending emails and video. Each generation has given us increased capability And each generation has required increased bandwidth in order to support those applications. So what we have today is 4G or LTE, 4G LTE. And you see advertised now by the Verizons and the AT&T's 5G. You know, you can't uh, watch anything on TV without catching a 5G commercial these days. Now, 5G requires some definition as far as what its capabilities and in, in, in terms of speed. Um, 5G today is what's commonly known is uh, sub six gigahertz, which is incrementally better than what we have in 4G LTE, but does not really capture uh, the full, let's say promise or capability of what 5G is intended to do. So you'll hear in the 5G space, something referred to as millimeter wave. And that, the way we define it, is the 24 to 44 gigahertz spectrum. So significantly higher than the 6 gig of what is commonly known as 5G or commonly used as 5G today. If you turn on your iPhone, you might have the little 5GE uh, indicator there. That is, that is sub-6 gig. Um, that is not these higher frequencies. So what will be coming and what will be useful will be when we have the infrastructure in place to support these higher frequencies, these 24 to 44 gig frequencies. And it's very challenging in that the physics associated with being able to transmit and receive these wireless signals at these rates Uh, you run into some physical challenges uh, that doesn't travel as far. It doesn't go through walls. uh, It gets interrupted by weather, trees, any obstruction 
really impedes the signal and shortens the distance that uh, you can operate from receiver to transmitter. So it's incredibly faster, but it's more finicky. That's, that's one way of putting it. Yes, indeed. indeed. So it's going to require some advanced technology in order to process those signals reliably at those rates. And it's also going to require uh, added cost, um, whether it's a, if you have a network inside a factory or an office building, or whether it's outdoors where the general public could use, you know, municipalities would have to incur significant cost in order to put the infrastructure in place to support 5G at these higher frequencies. What new innovations will 5G enable? 5G is, there, there's going to be a lot of use cases, some that we can't even think of now that will probably evolve once we do um, get, uh, let's say, critical mass of, of this technology. Um, but uh, some of the more obvious ones are, are going to be like autonomous vehicles. Right? Um, and that's going to require a lot of data. It's going to require what's called real low latency capabilities where the transmit and receive and the processing of those signals are going to have to be done very, very quickly in order for obvious reasons, right? So you're going to have safety and reliability, which is going to be a great concern. Um, the communications in general, um, you'll be able to download uh, movies on your phone at a fraction of the time that, that you do now. Um, but even the bandwidth that we have now in 4G LTE or the sub-6 gig 5G is, is getting crowded. So we're, we're saturating the available uh, bandwidth that we have there. So we, we have to, um, so to speak, increase the pipe. And that's what the higher frequencies are going to be able um, to allow us to do. And then there's going to be uh, things such as AR and VR, which there are some outstanding applications and use cases being done with that. Uh, I had a friend of mine who um, supports children's hospitals, and he was telling me a story where now for burn victims, they are providing them as part of um, their rehabilitation process, uh, AR and VR, where they put them in shallow pools and they, they get the sensation that you're swimming with dolphins and it allows the children to stretch, which is very painful in, in burn victims. Uh, but this eases that uh, subconsciously, I suppose. But those are the type of applications I think that this will enable. Uh, and with the higher 5G uh, frequencies, you won't be encumbered with the heavy cables that uh, you have today in those type of applications. There's going to be holographic applications, which I think are pretty cool. Uh, if you haven't experienced that, um, it's very interesting. My first experience that was at a museum, which had um, James Earl Jones uh, giving you an introduction about what you were about to, to see. He's one of my favorite actors, but he came across in a holographic image and there were maybe 20 or 30 people in this room. And, and it was as if he was in the room there with you. So I see more of that and that's very data intensive and it's going to require again, advanced technology to, to be able to support that. But um, the way we educate, the way we entertain ourselves, uh, imagine yourself being input into uh, 
you know, a, a sporting event, whether it's a football game or whatever it might be. So with these higher frequencies and this technology will enable some pretty cool entertaining uh, capabilities. That's fascinating. Yeah. So how soon do you see 5G being put into common use for the average person? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> now, my investors ask me that all the time, right? <laughs> Um, I think you're seeing it uh, now. It's starting to uh, find its way. Um, and as we, I think, uh, well, COVID, as an example, even pre-COVID, it was predicted that the 4G LTE pipe was going to be at its limits within two to three years. And now with um, all the video conferencing that we're doing and the way, the way we're working, the way we're learning, the way we're communicating, uh, it's putting increased pressure on bandwidth. So I, I think that you'll start seeing an acceleration of, of 5G at these higher frequencies here starting in next year. It's exciting. So let's talk a bit about your company, Mobix Labs. What specific role is Mobix Labs playing in the development of 5G? We're involved in what's called the front end. And the front end refers to the, the um, silicon or the chips that are connected to the antenna. So what our devices do is we effectively uh, transmit and receive these millimeter wave signals uh, from the antenna. And we process those uh, signals so that a processor then can digitally act upon those signals. So and that's a very complex signal chain. And to be able to do it reliably and cost effectively, and that's very important here in the 5G space, is the, the associated cost um, in order to support that application it is significant. And we're doing our part to have the best cost performance ratio or solution you know, to the to the problem. So we fit in that chain or that channel between a processor and the antenna. What types of wireless devices and products will Mobook Solutions enable? So we, we first are going to be approaching the infrastructure market. And what we mean by infrastructure would be things referred to as small cells or repeaters, uh, sometimes referred to as access points. Um, so those are in base station as well. So we, um, we will fit into the infrastructure that will provide millimeter wave uh, solutions. Uh, we um, then are looking at IoT type applications and IoT is, is very broad. Uh, it could be uh, anything from um, you know, your laptops or your, um, your TVs or any appliance that you connect to the internet effectively is considered IoT. So we would be able to support those applications, but those, those I think will become, will become more opportunistic as far as the way we view it. Uh, but our heavy focus and our concentration is, is in the infrastructure side. And then I would say lastly, on the handset side, but uh, being a, a new company, um, we need to cut our teeth and other applications before these mega volume applications that you see it in the handsets. 
Uh, now, we can support that application and outside of Apple or, or Samsung, uh, perhaps a smaller volume handsets, uh, we could be a very attractive solution for them. Is there any news that you want to share about your products or your business? We have completed a funding round. So we're, we're very um, proud of the fact that it was very well received and we actually closed it sooner than we had anticipated. So we've raised uh, $12.5 million since we first started our seed round, which uh, dates back to August, September of last year. Um, and actually, we had to close it earlier, as I mentioned earlier than had, we had anticipated. We didn't want to oversubscribe it at this point. And we are going to be sampling product here sometime in the next month or so. So it'll be our, our first sample of what we call our beamformer device. And we've also developed some antenna products as well. So we, um, we're very excited about that. We also have uh, completed our board of directors, which we're very proud of. Our roster for our board of directors includes Jim Peterson, who was former chairman and CEO of MicroSemi, and Jim and I have worked together for many years, dating back to 1989. And so we're very excited about having Jim on board. Uh, we've added uh, David Aldridge, who's current chairman of Skyworks. Um, and then we've added others that have um, our past CEOs that have um, outstanding backgrounds and, uh, and have been very successful in the semiconductor industry. And so we're really proud of what we've been able to assemble. We've also assembled an advisory board independent of the uh, board of directors. And it's, it's a really nice um, feature that we have here in, in that we, we've added about a dozen advisors that focus specifically with one of the let's say, functional departments of the company. So we'll have uh, someone who is very strong and has a deep background, say, in R&D or, or in finance or in IT or in operations or in sales. Um, so we, we've added um, a very deep bench uh, in, in resources that will help support the functional departments within the company. And so we're very excited about that and we're very excited at the reception we've gotten from some of these industry leaders who have graciously agreed to join and help us. We're coming to the end of the podcast, Fabian. If anybody wants to learn more about Mobix Labs or reach out to you, how should they go about that? The best way would be through our website at mobixlabs.com. And we are developing that website. It's relatively new. Uh, so in the next uh, few weeks and months to come, uh, you'll see it populated with more content. That's the best way to reach us. Thanks for coming on the show, Fabian. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Technology Trailblazers podcast. Does your business offer complex B2B technology products and services? Are you struggling to stand out in a crowded market? I provide custom podcasting solutions to expand your online presence and accelerate your growth. Contact me for more information at Derek at trailblazerwriting.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at trailblazerwriting.com.